Yo, 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 whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode, like all of the episodes, going to be fun and a tad bit controversial because that's the way I love it. Because it's fun. Because it's fun. Not because. Because. Because it's fun. <laughs> All right, guys, let's dive into the quickie today for today's episode. So um, you guys are aware, obviously, at this point that I am a big fan of electric vehicles and I strive for um, educating folks as best I can whenever there's questions or comments or concerns or misinformation out there. And so recently, um, a friend and I had a conversation about replacing batteries in electric cars and there's like there's folks and articles and memes and fear out there that the cost to replace a electric car battery is it's the the number and the range of those numbers are the gamut of it is it's insane and to be honest with you guys no one knows what i mean by no one knows is we haven't come to that injunction point yet right we the electric car air quote phenomenon that's swipe you know going across the globe just begun and and i'm i'm saying that with sarcasm because it's only like two percent of all global car sales is a an electric car like a pure electric car not hybrid not a other alternative. 100% electric cars only represent about 2% of all global car sales. It's not a big number. The meter hasn't shifted yet, but you know, there's a conversation towards it, right? And I think with just 2% having as much impact as it, it has so far, I think is a good thing. And I am hopeful that the rest of the world and the rest of future car buyers will continue that trend in to buy electric cars so that we can at some point stop drilling into the earth. Yes, there's a lot of connected issues there. There are a lot of unknowns there. There's a lot of other things I could talk about, but I'm not for the sake of this quickie. It's about the fear of replacing the electric car battery. It's almost like people are saying, yeah, it's a good idea, but you got to replace the battery. Hey, how can we go from straight good idea all the way to negative the end of the world has collapsed like (laughs) enjoy the moment for a while or enjoy the ride as opposed to thinking the worst to come and what i mean by that give you example actually what i mean by that so instead of going directly into when you buy a regular car a gas car or what a lot of people refer to as ice internal combustion engine right because that's what it is it's gas combustion um, no one thinks, oh, I got to replace my transmission when you buy the car. You're not thinking of that when you buy a brand new car, are you? No, of course not. So why is it when someone mentions purchasing an electric car, the question is, oh, how much the battery is going to cost to replace? Well, we don't know yet because we haven't come to that point yet. You know, we need about 10 to, 10 to 20 years to determine what that is, right? There are EVs on the road right now that are just hitting the 10-year mark and so we don't know what the cost is because those cars haven't had problems yet right 
So, you know, this fear about the world, you know, the fear about like electric cars are dooming and polluting the planet because the batteries have to store somewhere. All of that is really made up because we haven't had to put the batteries anywhere because we are still using the batteries, right? It's the mindset, exactly the same thing like with, with your cell phone. You know, one is like, well, what do you do with all those cell phone batteries? Well, obviously you recycle them, right? They go to a recycling process and I'm pretty sure many of the components in your cell phone battery, your laptop, your tablet, or whatever electronic device you currently are using, those batteries go somewhere. And then they are recycled in a manner in which vehicles would replicate a similar process. So if you guys are thinking about it, or if you hear someone talking about replacing batteries in electric cars right now and coming up with any kind of price point, it's all made up because right now there isn't any issues. Give you an example. So a Tesla battery tends to have about 100 kilowatt um, capacity, and that that can range, right? But on, on average, it's about 100 kilowatts. Um, and some had suggested, uh, but the cost could be upwards of $20,000 to replace without a warranty. Um, and on the other hand, for example, the Nissan Leaf, which is a much smaller capacity vehicle and a battery, battery is also smaller, um, which costs significantly less for to purchase that vehicle. And people are, are estimating that the cost to replace that battery is around $6,200, right? Without, again, this is without warranty. Um, so with that said, you know, EV batteries can, in my opinion, last, and this is my opinion, plus research, 10 to 20 years. Um, that means, you know, the possibility of driving the car past the current warranties, which right now is between 8 to 12 years, depending on the manufacturer. So this isn't a necessarily good idea in terms of like beyond warranty, but that's vehicles in general. If you drive it long enough, you're going to pass the warranty phase, right? And then at some point, you're going to incur costs that you have to pay for to maintain that vehicle because ultimately it's a piece of technology and it has to be replaced because no technology lasts forever, right? So just keep all that in mind. Keep all of that in perspective. Keep a level head whenever you guys hear information. It's just information. Sometimes it's misinformation. And maybe you can use this episode to help educate those individuals. All right, guys. So that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. Today's episode, Twitter and Sinks. <laughs> I love this title. Um, <laughs> so you know, I think this is pretty funny. Um, a quick quote here. Twitter staff reacts to Elon Musk's takeover. I am fully expecting him to fire 69% of us by Friday at 4.20 p.m. <laughs> I don't know exactly where I found this <laughs> particular quote, but I found it online. Maybe it was just someone who tweeted this, and I just found it to be hilarious. So I just have to share that with you guys. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about today. Uh, so really, today's episode is to talk about Twitter in general from a business perspective and um, some of the recent transactions, recent things has transpired and kind of sort of explain the whole sync thing. So Twitter is now, yes, you guys, you're hearing this correctly. Twitter is now a private company. 
owned by apparently the infamous Elon Musk. So I believe it happened on Thursday, October 27th, where Twitter stopped trading uh, securities on all on all exchanges. And so it is now a private company. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that and understand that it's that's a big difference there, right? When companies become private um, or when a company is private and becomes public, right? There's different demand signals and different things you can and can't do. Um, I think that's very important to recognize that currently because Twitter is a private company, the current acting CEO and owner can do some, not what he wants, but kind of sort of mostly what he wants, right? Doesn't necessarily have to appeal to a board um, or a, a, a set of shareholders, right? And so I think that's in the climate of what Twitter is currently located. I think it's probably best that Twitter is a private company. Um, for the sake of what we're going to talk about in this episode. So former CEO Jack Dorsey, who's actually the, also the former CEO and co-founder of Twitter, uh, he stepped away um, by resigning as CEO. And in his resignation letter, he said, after 16 years in this role, it's finally time for me to leave. I think that was pretty important that, you know, he, he said that, uh, but he kind of sort of didn't really go into why. I think we can all assume, but that's where we kind of sort of get into trouble. I really wish folks would be a tad bit more transparent and explain a little bit why they are leaving, right? And I'm saying that in light of the new owner and acting CEO, Elon Musk, where he is a bit over communicative. He talks a bit too much. He says a bit too much, right? And, it, and it's almost like that. What's that balance in between? being generic and not really sharing a lot versus someone who is oversharing. And sometimes you think you just want to tell the guy, be quiet, stop talking. <laughs> um, so as many, if you follow Twitter, I'm not the memes out there and not what people send you via text message. Cause believe me, I get it all the time. I actually follow, right? I follow a lot. I follow Elon in terms of his quarterly shareholders meetings for Tesla. I listen to him on various different podcasts as well as YouTube um, interviews. I also listen to him, uh, well not listen, but I read the tweets that he tweaks. I follow him um, and that again means that people paste and send around that may be altered. And you have to keep all of that in mind and all of that in perspective. So, you know, and I read his books and stuff like that. So I, I listened to the guy and, you know, to be honest with you, just like like a family member or a friendship um, or a partner or wife and husband, I'm sure there are times where you don't agree, which is absolutely okay. But also you, you know, you find out that some, you know, that when you don't agree on something, you can appreciate a person's position on something. And kind of sort of that's it, right? You're listening for where they are and that's it, right? You take it in and you use that information how you choose to use the information, but it's not necessarily you try to sway or change the information. And like I mentioned in the last episode about cancel culture on my quickie, you know, it, I find it fascinating that it 
lots of folks are quick to cancel people because they may do or say something that they disagree with. And it's so reactionary, it's so subjective, and it's so personal. And I'm thinking, well, you don't, I don't agree with everything you said, and we are friends, right? I'm not canceling you. I'm not canceling my family members who I may completely disagree with, right? You still love the person, individual who's in your life for the reason. And that's how I feel about anyone. And so as many, and I said all of that to say, as I'm setting the stage here, you know, Twitter was under, in my opinion, major scrutiny from, uh, from profitability to like controlling of information sharing and misinformation, if you will. And so it's been a, a, a major issue for Twitter and compiling on that Twitter has not been profitable since 2019. That's, you know, a failing business model. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a tad bit more on that. Did you know that Twitter is the, you ready for this? The 15th largest, and I'm saying it that way, <laughs> social media platforms in the world. It's not that big. Um, and, and these numbers are based off of, this is where it gets tricky, verified users, right? And so with that current business model, and this is something that Elon has talked about, trying to get rid of the bots off of Twitter and going to a model where it's straight actual users finding some way to verify validate a person's authenticity as an individual you know <laughs> um i think that's very important but in doing so you have to take some steps in order to do that and i'll get to that in a minute but going back to twitter being the 15th largest and i'm purposely saying it that way um so as i said 15 isn't really large and you would ask yourself then who's the largest but i will also tell you well if it's not one of the largest I think that's part of the problem for Twitter, right? And it, Twitter is like kind of sort of this, what I like to think is a place where you go to find reactions to something in the news that is happening at the moment. Or when there's a topic someone wants to talk about, or someone, I'm sorry, is talking about, there's reactions and comments to that. There's a sharing of information, of an article, of a story, of a video, so on and so forth. There's reactions to that. That's kind of sort of it for Twitter, right? And I think that's a very limited engagement model. And with that, it makes it hard to grow the platform. When you think about where Twitter stands in terms of the rankings, you know, Facebook is number one in the world in terms of its size. And it's a reason why you may not go to Facebook, but I guarantee you, you use Facebook in some way, um, in some manner. Now, these are a little weird because they call them social media versus it, it's just the category can be interesting and not in make up these categories, but this is how it, it's ranked currently. And as I said, Facebook is number one, followed by YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, WeChat, and then TikTok, which is which stands at number six globally. And I think 
when you think of those ones I just mentioned, Twitter is 15th. I mean, folks don't even go past number six in some cases. I don't even have WeChat or TikTok, right? And those I know are very large platforms. And so I just think it's a, a, a major uphill battle for Twitter in general to either gain you uh, a subscriber base or increase their subscriber base and then engagement right who's how engaged are you right you i know you can you can be engaged again when there's an immediate story going on you want to just get a quick reaction but outside of that am i going to twitter to like pull up information about something some may but how how engaged are you with that right versus something that's a little bit more carefree as a video instagram or video and or um you know a reel or any other type of engagement in terms of videos that's that you get in a better experience like TikTok. So why did <laughs> so why did Elon walk into Twitter headquarters with a sink? Like why a sink? Well, again, you have to understand his humor. I have said this and I'm gonna continue to say this. Elon is a troll. He will troll people and he loves, like many people, he loves attention. So before the acting CEO or owner of Twitter, um, he was always notoriously on Twitter. Like that was, that's his platform. Two, three o'clock in the morning. I think the guy may even, you know, smoke a little too much. And he's always active, like one, two, three o'clock in the morning. It's like, what is this guy doing? But he was really online, just engaging people in any different kind of way, right? And, and a lot of times, again, like I say, he would troll you. He would do it on purpose. He would go back and forth with someone. He, I think he just found it to be funny or controversial. Nonetheless, whatever it was, he enjoyed that banter back and forth. And so, you know, if you think about, so like I said, if you follow him on Twitter now or, and or before, you fully understand his, his desire to troll the heck out of people, right? Like I said, he spent hours doing that. So as many years, you know, as I'm sorry, as many as you guys do know, you, you fully aware at this point, hopefully that I am a fan um, of Elon Musk, right? He is a unique guy that I think that excel at greatness. I really do. As it relates to like technology, innovation, pushing the envelope where some may not want to push it. And that takes risk. Also, that comes with controversy. But I think in some cases, that's needed in order to achieve the goal you're trying to achieve, right? You have to step outside of the ordinary because the ordinary isn't innovative. The ordinary is the same. Innovative is just that. You're innovating something that's the unknown. And I I, I really appreciate that about, about his, his personality. On the other side, <laughs> um, there is controversy with him and how he does things, right? And so, and that could be the, the areas in which, and obviously, I don't always support. But as I mentioned earlier today, I don't cut someone off because I, someone does something that may have upset me, right? I can recall two friendships I've had in my life where individuals have, well, one situation where I was cut off of a friendship. That person and I are now back friends. And another situation where I cut an individual off and that person and I are friends, 
right? And I attribute that to both parties willing to understand there there are differences. You just kind of accept that and you move on, right? Now, if the differences are so egregious where you can't connect, cool. You move on and you, you that 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 friendship served a purpose. Great, right? But if you can move on because there is like 90% of other the other part of the relationship that is great, why am I concerned about this 10%? It's fine. That's absolutely okay, right? So please keep that in mind. So when you talk about controversy as it relates to like Twitter, layoffs obviously came through the door, as I joked earlier, about 69%, which is actually inaccurate. Um, and Twitter was not a really a big company, though over 3,000 people did lose their job jobs um they did receive a severance package that was about 30 percent more than the standard packages that that individuals receive so it's not great that twitter had to lay off individuals but they did receive they were compensated well compensated and and, and then some for their effort and reason why i'm bringing that up and both sides of that it's very disheartening when a company has to lay off someone but it's also okay that, you know, those people were taken care of a little bit more than normal in hopes that they can find a job in my hope that they will find other employment in an interim and, and they had funds to like sustain them. Um, but recently, former CEO Jack Dorsey mentioned that he it was his fault that, you know, he grew Twitter too fast and he understands why Elon had to lay off those individuals. And again, he wasn't ready to make that call. The board wasn't ready to make that call. But Elon is, again, a bitch controversial. So he was able to do that because he understands, hey, we're not making money here. We're losing about $4 million a day. We need to change things up. And that was part of it, layoffs. Um, another controversial piece was the return to work mandate. I totally disagree with this. Um, I think that is this is an absolute unfortunate flaw of some leaders and around the world. They manage, they kind of sort of manage based off of their style and not the general sentiment of their organization or what's happening in the world around them. It's like, this is the way I only know to do it. Therefore, we're going to do it that way. Um, I totally disagree with Elon on this on this particular issue and he has made it very clear that 40 hours is also not enough it's a bit much right i'm not as married to that job or that role as he is and i think he kind of sort of looks at it that way some folks are let's say for example you're an accountant right you you, you love numbers yeah sure i may like the the mission of the company i work for but i really just like the numbers mostly so I'm there to do that specific job. That's my career. But yeah, do I care that the company is makes, you know, umbrellas versus a company that makes coffee mugs? I mean, I really don't care, right? I'm here to do my job, right? And some people do care. They do care about the mission, right? And so I think Elon takes that a little too far and too personally when it comes to caring about the particular product. But when you spend $44 billion on a company, who am I to say what he should and shouldn't care about? Another controversy piece that came out was the blue check verified accounts. Hey, look, the company has to make money. What about, again, what about 90% of your revenue comes from advertisement? 
what happens when Mad Day comes? And those advertisers decide, uh, we don't like you anymore. Let's uh, pull our money out or significantly pull a, a, a portion of our money away. That's going to directly impact the bottom line of Twitter. And so I believe Twitter has to diversify their revenue streams. And one of those is tied to um, the verification process. Eh. Though I think that could be a bit of a, a backfiring uh, mechanism. I think it would be and will be. But as of now, that is a a form of of revenue, for, a potential form for revenue for the company. So those are just to name a few. But I wanted to highlight those things because I think, again, Twitter is kind of sort of in trouble in terms of their revenue model. And, and I think that's just something we need to like really we mean if you if you looking into it from a business perspective understand about that company so i'll dive a, a smidget more about the verification process here just about a poll that i saw on twitter <laughs> actually it was a um i can't damn i really should recall the guy's name who who submitted this this poll um but the report came out asking actually about because there was a rumor before elon actually said something about twitter um um, thinking about at that point, as I said, paying for verification. So shortly after the poll had about 1.9 million people, which is a pretty good respondent, you know, on Twitter, it's not the full universe of Twitter, but that's a pretty good engagement. 1.9 million people responding. And, and the options were $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, or four wouldn't pay anything. Um, and that was over 80% of the 1.9 million who replied to option four. Elon Musk replied with the one word, interesting. <laughs> and so um, that was foreshadowing that he found it interesting that people didn't want to pay. But shortly after, he came out and said, yeah, it'd be $20. And then oh, some backlash there and quickly reduced it to $8. And there's been a lot of back and forth with that. I won't necessarily go through that. But I do find it funny, some of the back and forth. Um, and so as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's it's Twitter's revenue model. It needs to be fixed. And like I told some of my friends before, Elon is going to make Twitter profitable. I I do believe that, definitely. So according, and according to some reports, you know, um, it may not be, as I said, controversial, what some people may like. And I would agree with that. And I would take it a step further. Like I said, Elon is a smart inventor, and I think he understands how to reduce costs. And that's great. Inventor, reduce costs. I think those two, they marry pretty well together in a business perspective. But here's where it gets a little tricky. Twitter is a social media site, and Elon is not a social media creator, right? And that's where I think it gets tricky. How do you create revenue in a social media platform to stand out from the other platforms how do we build our subscribership from where it currently are right now so it's almost like you have to change the twitter model a little bit that can be tricky very tricky and i don't know necessarily have an answer for it but i i can say if he goes too far in one direction or not another it can drastically impact twitter and make it even smaller of a platform that it currently is right now um, so I think there will be some gimmicks to be honest with you. Um, I think even some of those gimmicks may miss to be, to be fair. 
Um, but as I mentioned, since Twitter is not one of the largest, it may be struggling to find its footing, you know, beyond like the immediacy of like stories and reactions to top stories. I think maybe that's okay to find a model to become more profitable. And maybe just Twitter becomes a smaller platform that can be more profitable, right? And so, it, unfortunately, it may change drastically, not for the best, but it may be profitable, right? And that's where like the the, the business rubber meets the road, right? Um, so, but it, but then again, why the sync, right? The title of this episode is Twitter and Sinks. Why the sync? Well, Elon said, "Let that sink in." Get it? Let that sink in. So as he was walking through the door with a sink, let that sink in. <laughs> I know it's interesting, but this is his type of humor. Um, it's logically funny. I mean, it is technically. Um, maybe not to all, but it's it's a joke, right? <laughs> um, not the funniest joke, but in, you know, really according to him, he's pretty much just saying, I now own Twitter. Let that sink in, right? Let it sink in. Yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, can there be new features to help Twitter? Maybe. I don't have those answers. I definitely don't think Elon has those answers either. But I think he will go through a litany of different type of options before they find them. Sadly, I think it's going to play out in the public. That is where it's kind of sort of going to be a bit of an issue. Um but I, that's that's the way I look at it, and that's why I'm thinking it's going to hit. I think there will be fixes, as I mentioned earlier, but those fixes is going to come at the cost of subscribership, in my opinion. Um, I can say this though, this is one area. I would say start with fixing the ability to reply to someone, so you can see all of the related replies. That there are times where I go on Twitter. I don't know why, but I can't see all of the replies to a particular tweet. And it would tell you maybe there are 30 or 100 or 1300 replies, but then I can't read them. I'm like, why can't I read them? This is this is weird, right? I, I don't know if there's if something is there, why I can't engage and read those replies, right? That's that limits my engagement. And that I think is a, a bit of a turnoff. Um, so if you guys know, let me know if that's something that I'm doing wrong here, but it's found that to be very interesting. All right. So we covered Twitter at the, the business side of it. And, and that's kind of sort of all I want to do with this episode is just to, to talk about Twitter in terms of its business model and how I think it's going to be a rough road ahead because I don't think there's an easy answer to solving some of the issues for Twitter, but I can tell you, I think Elon will fix them though. I think he's going to do it in a way that may not be the best way to do it. Um, and I'll leave you guys with this. <laughs> um, I don't know why I, why I found this one, but um, it said uh, this funny tweet that I found is is breaking at Elon. Ah, this is a guy who made this tweet that I saw it says breaking news at Elon Musk says journalist <laughs> with they slash dim pro pronouns in their bio. They will pay $16 per month instead of the standard $8 for verification because they identify as multiple people. Haha. <laughs> Again, the funny logic is kind of weird there, but um, it's really not. Um, and that's a whole other topic that I'm not even going to get into. 
So hopefully finding this, this information very helpful for you guys. And, and hopefully you understood and you understand a little bit more about Twitter and why Elon walked in with the sync. And that if you also recognize or share some of the same feelings that I do in terms of Twitter may be in for a rough road ahead um, before it can get better down the line. Okay, friends, I think today was a good chat. So until next week, remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace. Mm-hmm.